At U.S. Bank, when we say we're in it with you, we mean it. Not just for the good stuff, the grand openings and celebrations, although those are pretty great, but for all the hard work it took to get there. The fine-tuning of goals, the managing of cash and workflows, and decision-making. We're in to help you through all of it. Because together, we're proving day in and day out that there is nothing as powerful as the power of us. Visit usbank.com to get started today. Equal housing lender. Member FDIC. Copyright 2024. U.S. Bank. Good Thursday morning, breaking overnight, another mass shooting in America. The gunman still on the loose. It's October 26th. This is Today. Massive manhunt. Police searching for a person of interest after a shooting rampage at a crowded bar and bowling alley in Maine. Up to 20 people killed, dozens more hurt. A community in shock. Why would he do this? Like, why in Lewiston, Maine? Schools closed, residents ordered to shelter in place with the hunt for the shooter still unfolding. We'll have the very latest in a live report from the scene. Breaking overnight on the ground, Israeli soldiers and tanks enter Gaza, part of a targeted raid against Hamas to prepare for the next stages of the war, an expected full-scale assault. We're live on the front lines. Housework. Republicans finally elect a new speaker. In the days and weeks ahead, you're going to see Congress working as hard as it's ever worked, and we are going to deliver for the American people. After three weeks of chaos and confusion, how did the GOP unite behind a political unknown? And what impact will he have with the next government shutdown looming? Extreme weather, heavy snow out west, flooding in the south, record heat up and down the east coast. Al's tracking all of it and what it means for your weekend. Those stories plus, now boarding. One airline's new plan to get you in your seat and in the air faster than ever. The biggest challenge is getting on and off. It just takes so long. Our behind the scenes look at the big change just in time for the holiday rush. And lending a hand. We joined Jennifer Garner in Kentucky one year ago touring the devastation of historic flooding. Entire schools destroyed. It's just gone, it's rubble. This morning, she is back there, putting smiles on the faces of children in need. And on this farm, he had a, a dragon. Inside the road to recovery and how you can help. Today, Thursday, October 26, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cutby. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning. Good to see you. Welcome to today. We're so happy that you're joining us on this busy, busy Thursday morning. And we do want to get right to that breaking news, that tragic mass shooting overnight in Maine. Authorities say up to 20 people have been killed, dozens more injured after a gunman opened fire at multiple locations, a bar and a bowling alley in Lewiston, Maine. Both were packed with people on a Wednesday night. And at this hour, the urgent manhunt for the shooter is still unfolding. We can tell you that police have named 40-year-old Robert Card. He's a person of interest, a trained firearms instructor who recently reported mental health issues. Police saying he should be considered armed and dangerous. We do have complete coverage. Our conversation with uh, the mayor from a nearby town, but we do start with NBC's Emily Aketa, who made her way to the scene overnight. Hey, Emily, good morning. 
Savannah and Hoda, good morning to you. This is a community with one degree of separation. Lewiston, just about 35 miles north of Portland, has a population of less than 40,000 people. So it's extremely close-knit, and now everyone here is waking up in utter shock and with heartbreak. We continue to see the shelter-in-place orders expand to other nearby towns as government buildings and schools are closed today, and police are hunting for the killer that rained down terror on this community. This morning in Maine, the race is on to find a killer who's still on the run. After horrific shootings at two businesses left up to 20 people dead, according to law enforcement sources, who say there may be up to 50 people injured. Police searching for a person of interest, 40-year-old Robert Card, saying he's armed and dangerous. If people see him, they should not approach Card or make contact with him in any way. Local police also releasing these photos of a suspect holding an assault rifle and this white SUV that authorities say was found nearby in the town of Lisbon. On Wednesday night, local officials say the gunman attacked two locations about four miles apart, Schmiggy's Bar and Grill and Spare Time Recreation, a bowling alley which was full of young people. And tonight was youth night, so they were... The place was just crawling with teenagers. So uh, we suspect and fear that many of the victims there are going to be young teens. A police intelligence bulletin revealing more information about the person of interest, saying Card was trained as a firearms instructor and believed to be in the Army Reserve. That release also says he recently reported mental health issues, including hearing voices and threats to shoot up the National Guard base in Maine. As the community waits and grieves, Leroy Walker says he hasn't heard from his son, who was at work as a manager at Schmiggy's. My son is dead, and I know he's dead. I know it as well as I know. I'm standing here telling you because he's not here, and he's not at any other hospital. Anxious residents waiting outside a local hospital, hoping to hear any updates about loved ones. As one can imagine, it's your worst nightmare. And we're also learning from a law enforcement bulletin that the person of interest checked into a mental health facility in the summer for about two weeks. Meantime, here on the ground, utter shock. Keep in mind, Maine is a state with little serious crime. Just 29 homicides for the entire state all of last year. We've learned from the White House, President Biden has been briefed on the incident as we await another news conference later today. Hoda. Emily, thank you very much. And joining us now is the mayor of nearby Auburn, Maine, Jason Levesque. Mr. Mayor, good morning to you. I know your town is hosting one of the reunification centers from mm -hmm. this tragedy. What kinds of things have you been hearing about what people experienced? Oh, well, good morning. Um, it, it's really a surreal experience. That was one of the, the common uh, comments I heard from people who were witnesses who were at the, the two facilities. Um, it was traumatic, of course, as one would imagine, but also there was interspersed with some, you know, very, you know, great moments of reunification uh, where loved ones you came, found their, you know, their friend, friends and family and, and were able to bring them home. Uh, Mayor, were you able to glean any more of what actually happened? Because there are lots of bits and pieces and stories and you were able to talk to some some people one on one. Yeah, really, it's um, it's almost like a, a mosaic, if you would. There's a lot of different snippets here and there, and, and trying to put them all together. It just I, my mind goes to just a, a massive scene of confusion and chaos, disbelief, actually. And that was a common thing I did hear that they thought it was some sort of you know Halloween joke or something. The initial the initial um, pops, if you would. Um, 
until everything started escalating quite rapidly. And that's where everything really kind of got blurry for a lot of folks. You're in the next town over. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about these places? You had a local bar, you had the bowling alley. We heard mm-hmm. that it was youth night there. What kind of night would it have been on a Wednesday night in Lewiston, Maine? Well, I mean, Lewiston and Auburn are, are one community separated by a river. Um, you know, our joint bowling alley, if you would, is in Lewiston. And, you know, bowling is a great pastime and we love it. And there's a youth league that night. Smegmies is a wonderful place, especially if you like to, you know, play cornhole. Um, so, it's just a normal Wednesday evening. The weather was wonderful up here in New England, and I think a lot of people were out taking advantage of that. How, Mayor, is the community kind of holding it together? Because in a close-knit community, things like that, everybody knows somebody who was either hurt or, or injured. Um, how are you guys keeping it together? You know, f- frankly, we don't know yet. Um, I mean, this is all happening, you know, relatively late in the evening and overnight. Um, I've gotten a lot of calls from, you know, friends and family in the area, of course. And I think it's just a little bit of shock. I think we're going to know more about that, you know, over the course of the next couple hours, if you wouldn't, throughout today. But I do know this community. I grew up here. It's a great community. It's gone through a lot. Um, Obviously, nothing like this. But I know for a fact that we're going to actually stay and uh, we're going to stay strong. And we're going to obviously find the individual who did this and bring them to justice quickly, very quickly. Uh, but also we're going to we're going to circle around our friends and family and during their time of loss, we're going to help them get through this. And, and the day ahead, I mean, we should mention, of course, mm-hmm. this suspect mm-hmm. is still on the loose, presumed to be armed, certainly dangerous. Mm-hmm. So how are you handling that with your community and with your colleagues and the police officers? What are you telling people there? Well, obviously, we have a very large uh, law enforcement presence throughout the entire region right now, um, air, gra- air and ground assets. But we're telling all of our residents just to shelter in place. We canceled all the schools um, in the area, so there will be no school today. Stay home. Keep your doors locked. You know, Have good situational awareness. Stay vigilant. Report anything that seems out of the ordinary at this point. Mayor Jason Levesque, we are with you and mm-hmm. appreciate your time this morning. And of course, we will bring you the very latest from that scene throughout the morning. Also breaking overnight, a significant development in the Israel-Hamas war. Israeli soldiers carrying out targeted raids inside Gaza to prepare for what is uh, its military is calling, quote, the next stages of combat. NBC's chief foreign correspondent Richard Engel is in Israel for us. Hey, Richard, good morning. Good morning, Hoda. Israeli troops briefly entered the Gaza Strip and then left, and it remains unclear if a full-scale invasion is coming or when. As Israeli airstrikes flatten the Gaza Strip, and with pressure mounting on Israel to pause its reprisal attacks and allow more aid to reach Palestinian civilians, the Israeli military overnight carried out its first significant incursion into Gaza, sending in tanks from the Givati Brigade and special forces. The Israeli military released footage of the operation in northern Gaza, describing it as a targeted raid deep into Gaza. In a statement saying Israeli soldiers located and struck numerous terrorists and operated to prepare the battlefield. The troops withdrew after the mission. This was not Israel's much-anticipated full-scale invasion. Thousands of Israeli troops, many of them reservists, remain inside Israel, ringing Gaza. Last night, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said a ground assault is coming and that only Israel will decide when and how to do it. Israel now appears to be testing the ground to judge Hamas's reaction and strength. 
Last night, President Biden defended Israel's right and obligation to attack Hamas after its militants killed more than 1,400 Israelis and took more than 200 hostages. But he added a note of caution. When this crisis is over, there has to be a vision of what comes next. And in our view, it has to be a two-state solution. Gaza is in a state of collapse. Twelve hospitals already shut because of a lack of supplies. Israel says it's targeting Hamas tunnels that run under homes, schools and hospitals. In one building, we saw this little girl inside of what's left of her apartment. Rescue workers tell her to stay calm, that they're nearly done removing debris. Her leg is trapped under concrete. They try to free her without collapsing the pocket she's in. And finally, she's saved. A U.N. official says that nowhere is safe in Gaza, and Israel's allies in the region, Jordan and, and Egypt, are now calling on Israel to stop its attacks on Gaza, fearing they could trigger a wider war. Hoda. All right, Richard Engel for us there at the border in Israel. Thank you, Richard. After three weeks of chaos and infighting in Washington, House Republicans have elected a new speaker. Louisiana's Mike Johnson reached the 217 votes needed after failed attempts by three previous nominees. NBC's Capitol Hill correspondent Ryan Nobles joins us with uh, the new speaker who now holds the gavel. Ryan, good morning. Savannah, good morning. And Mike Johnson is not a household name, but he is now second in line to the presidency and sitting in one of the most powerful seats in American politics at a very volatile time in the world. It took four tries, but House Republicans finally elected a Speaker of the House. The Speaker-elect Mike Johnson from the state of Louisiana. Louisiana's Mike Johnson was the last man standing cobbling together the support from a fatigued conference to win the vote unanimously and then promising to get right to work. The challenge before us is great, but the time for action is now. Johnson has a long list of work ahead of him. The government will run out of money in mid-November. Aid packages to Ukraine and Israel are on the table, as well as the approval of the Farm Bill and the reauthorization of the FAA. Much of this will require bipartisan support something Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer made clear. I hope and look forward to working with him in a bipartisan way. I hope he will. But Johnson has not been much of a bipartisan politician. He holds conservative views on abortion, gay rights, and gun control. And he was a leading voice in Republican efforts to overturn the 2020 election, and even played into conspiracy theories about voting machines being tampered with, which were widely discredited. There's a lot of merit to that. And when the president says the election is rigged, that's what he's talking about, that it was the fix was in. President Biden brushed off concerns. Johnson could stand in the way of certifying the next election. Just like I was not worried that the last guy would be able to overturn the election. It's a position Biden's fellow Democrats view as disqualifying. But Republicans embraced, shouting down reporter attempts to question Johnson on the topic. Now, Johnson will take on the difficult task of managing a divided party at a time when there is so much to get done. 
And Johnson will be the first Speaker of the House from Louisiana, but he doesn't have much leadership experience. While he previously served as the vice chair of the conference, he has no experience as a chairman of a congressional committee. Savannah? Ryan Nobles on Capitol Hill. Ryan, thank you. 15, a lot more to get to. Say good morning to Craig. Hey, Hey, Hoda, Savannah, good morning. Good morning to you as well. It was a day of courtroom drama at Donald Trump's civil fraud trial here in New York. The former president called to the stand by the judge and then fined $10,000 for violating a gag order in the case. NBC's senior legal correspondent, Laura Jarrett, here with more on that. Laura, good morning to you. Hey, good morning, Craig. Donald Trump said he would testify at a civil fraud trial, but no one expected it to happen quite like this, taking the stand in his own defense. And let's just say it did not go his way. This morning, Donald Trump facing a hefty fine from the judge who's determining the financial future of his namesake company. It started just like many days in the civil fraud trial. Mr. Trump using breaks in the testimony to make his case in front of the cameras outside the courtroom. Judge is a very partisan judge with a person who's very partisan sitting alongside him, perhaps even much more partisan than he is. Those few words prompting a dramatic fallout. Judge Arthur Ngorin furious at what he took to be a reference to the person sitting physically alongside him in court, his law clerk, as the judge barred everyone from talking about court staff weeks ago after Mr. Trump insinuated the clerk was biased in a post online. The judge appearing upset Wednesday, saying, quote, I am very protective of my staff. I don't want anybody killed. Then going further, with the courtroom now crowded, the judge holding an impromptu hearing, putting the former president on the witness stand, questioning him under oath about his remarks, finding Mr. Trump not credible when he claimed to have been talking about Michael Cohen, his former fixer on the stand earlier in the day, not the law clerk. The judge handing down a $10,000 fine, adding, don't do it again or it'll be worse. Did you violate the gag order, Mr. This just days after the judge hit Mr. Trump with a $5,000 fine for keeping up a disparaging photo of the same clerk on his campaign website. As for Cohen, he was forced to admit on cross-examination his former boss did not directly ask him to inflate the assets of the Trump organization, the crux of the state's case. Yet the judge, unmoved, said there was enough other evidence to fill the courtroom, prompting Mr. Trump to storm out. That remark from the judge yesterday, notable, as remember, he's the one who's determining the penalty Mr. Trump ultimately faces in this case. The former president expected back in court when he testifies later in this trial, guys. All right. Thank you, Laura. Thanks, Laura. Time now for a check of the weather. It's mm-hmm. a busy one for Al. What you got? It is. We got storms. We got snow. In fact, 12 million people under uh, winter storm warnings, winter weather advisories in the plains and down through the Gulf and into Texas. Flood watches, flood warnings. You can see the snow in the plains. You can see those heavy thunderstorms down, stretching from Dallas to Austin. And we've got some severe drought from the plains to the Gulf Coast. Unfortunately, we've seen the Mississippi River at its all-time record low levels this month, lowest water levels. Levels on record from Helena to Memphis, Tennessee, Osceola unto 
Carthersville. Well, Arkansas, you're going to see about five inches of rain, but unfortunately, the corridor of the heaviest rain going to miss the drought areas that really need it the most. So that's not great news. Snowfall wise, we're looking for upwards of a foot of snow or more in parts of the Rockies. So they're going to be starting their snow season fairly early, but it is almost like summertime here in the Northeast with near record temperatures for New York City in the mid 70s, near 80 in Philadelphia, 80 in Washington. Richmond going to come very, very close to a record at 83 degrees. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. Just ahead, Tom Costello with a first-hand look this morning at this big change. It's supposed to speed up the boarding process. It's being rolled out by a major airline today. Good morning. We're on board a United Airlines plane. Have you heard of Wilma? No, she's not a flight attendant. It's the new way United is boarding. Windows first, then middle, then aisle. But now will everybody want to sit at the window so they can get their bags overhead? Coming up, we'll explain how all of this will work when we come back. That's what we're saying. We're worried about that. All right. Plus, are they getting closer inside the new push to end the actor strike in Hollywood? And the major toll is taking on workers in other fields related. But first, this is Today on NBC. Thomas's presents Tackling Traffic with Tom. Good morrow. Tis your reminder to savour the morning with Thomas's breakfast. And while you may not be able to control what occurs on your commute, like your horse and buggy popping a wheel and axle on the way to the schoolhouse, you can control what you put atop your soft but crunchy bagel and the toastiness of your English muffin. So do take the time to savour the morning with Thomas's. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed we're back 7 30 we continue to follow this morning's top story is shooting rampage in Lewiston, Maine, in the search for the gunman who opened fire on people at two locations, a busy bowling alley, a crowded bar on a Wednesday night. That gunman is still on the loose. NBC's Sam Brock traveled to Lewiston overnight. He joins us now from the scene of one of those shootings. Hey, Sam, good morning. Hello to Savannah Craig. Good morning. Normal life just shattered again for communities. As we speak, guys, right now, there are several towns in this part of central Maine that are under shelter-in-place orders. That is a list that includes not just Lewiston, where I am right now, but has expanded as of this morning to Bowdoin, which is only about 15 or 20 minutes away, a town of 3,000 people. Just to give you a sense of people right now waking up this morning to this chaotic manhunt. Over my shoulder, you'll see the sheriff's car right here. Down this hill, there's a white sign. That white sign is 
Schmengis. That is the bar and grill, one of two locations where we know this killing was conducted. Now, the chronology of the killings, guys, that is still unfolding. But at some point around 7 o'clock last night, within a distance of about four or five miles, the shooter in this case killed between 50 and 20 people and injured up to 50 at those two locations. Police right now are searching for a person of interest. His name is Robert Carr. They have not called him a suspect, a person of interest, but the suspect is the person who you have seen so far with that semi-automatic rifle, a snapshot of it as he walked into the bowling alley before we started firing. Here's some background on Card, 40 years old, approximately 20 years of military service, armed with an AR-15 style rifle. Now, according to the main information and analytics center, which is basically a database for law enforcement, they have pointed out the fact that he was firearm trained, had spent time, they believe, in the Army Reserve, and was struggling with his mental health, had apparently been committed to a mental health care facility at some point for a couple of weeks recently, and had, quote, been hearing voices. And again, as we talk about these mass shootings, rarely is this something that just pops up out of nowhere. There are almost always red flags. It appears if, in fact, Card is the person, that that would be the case here as well. Right now, you have schools and government buildings that are shut down as this manhunt continues, and Schmangies did post on its Facebook just a couple of hours ago some terse words, but certainly some meaningful ones, saying, quote, my heart is crushed. I am at a loss for words. In a split second, your world gets turned upside down for no good reason. No one, of course, can make sense of any of this. Savannah Craig Coda, let me send it back to you. All right, Sam Brock on our breaking news this morning. Thank you. All right, let's switch gears now. Let's talk about uh, the new boarding process that United Airlines is kicking off today. So here's the bottom line. If you have a window seat, you get to board before most other passengers. And there are some caveats, there are some exceptions. NBC's Tom Costello went behind the scenes at United to see how it works. Hey, Tom, morning. Hey, guys, good morning. I've got my ticket. Listen, the timing here is important because we're just weeks away from the busy Thanksgiving season, then the December holiday travel season. And so everybody is going to be trying to get onto these planes, right, carrying extra coats and presents and luggage, all competing for that overhead bin space. So United has a plan. It happens year-round. Packed airports and planes, long lines, and a boarding process that takes forever. As the clock ticks down to an on-time departure. Always the biggest challenge is getting on and off. It just takes so long. You are allowed two items you can bring on board. But this morning, United is trying a new approach to speed things along in economy. And it's got a lot of folks talking. I know that something does have to give because yes. the, the way they, the boarding is not great. It's no. not efficient. Okay. They call it Wilma, boarding windows first, then middle seats, then aisles. There. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for being a 1K. Business class, pre-boarding and priority passengers still go first, and entire families can board together if somebody's got the window seat. Then Wilma kicks in. And by doing this, we're saving two minutes. Two minutes off of each flight. Two minutes off of each flight. Linda Jojo is United's chief customer service officer. Two minutes is all you're saving, but that adds up. It sure does add up. Because airlines usually have just 45 minutes from the moment a plane arrives till it must leave again. Two minutes may not seem like a lot to you, but going into the winter when storms can cause airlines to run behind schedule, two minutes could make a big difference. If I can get on first. I would do that. And your carry-ons first. Yes. That's a big thing to be able to get on with my carry-on, that there's room for me. Every airline has a different approach to boarding. There's the cattle call all at once. Group boarding, group one to 99, rear to front boarding, and random zone boarding. 
Now, United is going with Wilma. And so if we can get two minutes back on this flight and two minutes back on the next flight, we're going to help, especially those customers traveling later in the day, to be closer on time. All right, Tom, we're already debating this here at this (laughs) desk. But, okay, United's not just going to spring this on everybody. They've been testing this thing out. So how has the test been going? Yeah. So they first started testing Wilma about five years ago in 2017, and they found it was saving them time. So they need to then refine the process, see if they can make it work better. But I asked them, I said, you guys have been flying for 92 years. What took so long to figure this out? And they make the point. Listen, technology changes. Planes change. All of us, passengers, we change. We get a little bigger and slower, right? There are whole, the, the apps, everything changes. And so they have to evolve and change the process over time. And so this is their latest plan. And this, too, could change and evolve. And we'll see if other airlines also change their plans. I'm bummed out for the aisle people. Yes, I feel like I'm an aisle get, I am too. I like to stretch out. I, I like to have aisle the extra. Nation. What do we do? I know. I like we'll to unite. stick my legs right out okay, there in the but, aisle. But, 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 I got to make a point. Okay. I got to make a point, And this is important, guys. Really quickly, United says, don't worry. They're changing the interiors of their plane. So everybody is going to have space for their bags in the overhead oh, bins. Oh, okay. Well, that yeah. is actually... Yeah, then okay. I wouldn't care when yeah. I board it. Bury the lead, Tom. We, we love you. you. Okay. It's all good. Thank you, Until Tom. it isn't. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Tom. Keep us okay. posted. Just also, by the way, two minutes. I don't I just. I don't know. Okay. Doesn't sound like it saves a whole lot of time, but I guess we'll find out soon. Guess it adds up. Uh, coming up, have you, have you put your partner through the Beckham test? Have you even heard of this Beckham test? Well, on Popstart, we're going to dive into a viral dance trend that's been sparked by Victoria and David's wildly popular new docuseries. Mm-hmm. But first, Jacob Soberoff is here with some new talks to end the actor's strike and also the impact it's had on other industries. Hi, Jacob. Hey, Savannah. Good morning to you guys. You know what? Negotiations are set to resume today, and that is a spark of hope that relief is on the way for potentially thousands and thousands of people who rely on Hollywood for their bread and butter. We're going to tell you more about them introduce you to some of them that's coming right up for those who embrace the impossible the defender 110 is up for the adventure this iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more the exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing complemented by an interior built with integrity The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Back now, 741 with In-Depth today this morning, the actor strike in Hollywood. Yeah, with negotiations resuming now between SAG-AFTRA and the studios today, we are taking a closer look at the economic impact of this strike. And that, that impact is stretching far beyond the people that we normally see on our favorite TV shows or movies. NBC's Jacob Soboff is here in the studio to explain. Jacob, good morning. Yeah, it sure is. And it's important that we talk about them. Good morning, you guys. According to recent estimates, the hit to California's economy has been estimated at more than $5 billion with a B. 
in part because every actor we see on the screen represents dozens of paychecks. Think about it. Lighting technicians, makeup artists, caterers, cleaners, drivers, security guards whose livelihoods depend on the Hollywood dream machine running at full speed. With scripted film and television production on hold, the lack of economic activity is having a profound ripple effect on small businesses in Southern California, New York, and other industry centers. It's been um, maybe a commercial once or twice a week. In normal times, prop houses like Faux Library in North Hollywood would be filled with activity. But these days, they're filled with all the valuable inventory that's not being rented. They have one sofa missing. That's, that's it. it. <laughs> so this is the only sofa that's out in the entire 89,000 square foot warehouse, he said. Owner Mark Myers says he doesn't know how much longer he can hang on. About 150000 a month just to keep operating. 150000 bucks a month. Yeah. And right now, what's the monthly income? Oh boy, it's down to about 12000 These are the raw materials for set decorators like Andy Britton who are facing difficult choices to make ends meet. We're all struggling. A lot of us have, you know, maxed out credit cards, blown through savings, selling things. I mean... Does that apply to you? Uh, yeah. Despite the hardship, Britton says she supports SAG-AFTRA and believes the studio should compromise. I don't see why, you know... That they can't make a deal. Yeah. Or that or they, wa- or they that won't, they make, won't a deal. make a deal. And it's not just those who work directly in the industry who are hurting. As you see, my conveyor, it's like almost one-third full. One-third is not even the half. Around the corner from several major studios, the owner of Toluca Lake Cleaners says 70% of his business comes from workers on those lots. I don't mean like only people that work on actors and actresses. There's lots of people that work in the offices, you know, the editing people, light screening, wardrobe, makeup artists, drivers, you know, the simplest things, a security guard even though, you know. He's had to cut workers' hours and says they might go somewhere else if he can't offer them more. Faux Library's Mark Myers has had to lay off around 20 longtime employees, and every day without them feels lonely. I call them my faux family because that's what they are. Are you hearing from them? Oh, yeah, all the time. So, you know, commonly referred to as the actor strike, but the reality is the majority of people who are are part of this aren't actors. So I'm glad you highlighted those folks. And with the talks resuming, any progress being made? Your point is a good one, by the way. The vast majority of people in Hollywood are not actors. And there's, you know, the actors now have the latest offer from the studios. They're going to potentially get back to the table today. And that's what everybody hopes. The thing I just want to stress is these are such resilient people. They're standing in solidarity. Most of the people who are are not actors with the actors in their negotiations against the studio, um, they all have families. They all have kids. Everybody's sort of sitting around waiting to see what happens. Um, But they are holding out hope. And, and, you know, the resolution could be in sight, you know, hopefully as soon as not, maybe if not today, very soon. Okay. That's hope. That's hope. That's what they hope. Yeah. Thank you, thank you so Thanks much. So much. Thanks, guys. We'll get another check of the weather from Al. Hey, guys. Well, we're looking at record highs up and down the eastern seaboard. Going to be gorgeous weather. Heavy rain up around the Great Lakes. Flood risk down through Texas. Behind that front, we've got snow and cold and could be looking at up to a foot of snow in parts of the Rockies and then plenty of seasonal sunshine along the West Coast. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right, Al. Thank you. Thank you. Coming up on Pop Start, we've got some big news involving... Two of the most popular female artists of all time. Plus, we're with Jennifer Garner this morning. She's live in Kentucky with us, hard at work, along with Cynthia McFadden. They're helping a community that was devastated by flooding recover and rebuild, especially their library. 
So she's going to help us shine a light on some inspiring stories and kids and some good surprises ahead. National Outlet Shopping Day is back. Join us June 8th and 9th at Simon Premium Outlets nationwide. Score thousands of can't-miss deals from brands you love all weekend long. They've got up to 65% off every day. And the National Outlet Shopping Day deals are even better. Visit premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD to find a premium outlet near you. That's premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD.